Hello and uh, welcome to Deciphering Software Modernization, Episode 6. Um, today we're going to be covering uh, Golden Master Testing. So we've kind of covered the, the early um, aspects of starting software modernization and some of the aspects of kind of running it and gaining confidence. So we thought we'd move on to some more technical aspects with uh, Golden Master Testing. My name is Abdul. Uh, today we have uh, Maciej. Hello. Nice to be here. And Francesco. Hello. Glad to be here. So Francesco is uh, one of our kind of um, point guys for Golden Master Testing. He's a bit of an expert uh, with quite a few years uh, industry experience. Um, I guess maybe to kick off, it would be really good to explain to the ladies and gentlemen, uh, what is Golden Master Testing and what does it do? Well, that's a good question. Uh, I actually think that rather than say what it is, we can say what it does, like when it's useful. So let's say that you have an application. Uh, let's say that you are you are a like a bank maybe, and you have an application where you put in some data about a client, and then it answers is they, if they can uh, if you can offer a mortgage or not. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, that application was written some time ago, and you don't have any tasks for that. But there's no unit task, there's no integration task, there's just the software. But it works, like it's, it works great. You use it every day. It's making value for you. Uh, you cannot do without it. And you actually would like to add uh, some new functionality. Now you ask the developer, can you add this functionality? And that developer is really scared because making changes to a thing that works and is making money is scary if you don't have any task that proves that the thing still works after the changes. So what you can do in that case is add the golden master test, which will ensure that given the same input, it will produce always the same output. And uh, then you can start making some changes. And every time you do these changes, you run the golden master test again to verify that the functionality is still intact. And that's what a golden master test can do for you. And then we can discuss how it's different from other kind of testing. So in some way, I guess it uh, ties nicely to our previous conversation about kind of reduction of fear when it comes to modernization effort, right? Because uh, it's uh, it's not as clear as a typical greenfield project or even brownfield project where you have you know your, your typical maintenance ticket and you know what's going on and it's um, you're not quite sure how the thing works as you mentioned and those golden master tests like uh, bring in a bit of uh, confidence once you start refactoring right so you have a bit of a safety net I guess you might think about them yeah. Safety net. And there's something that you said, which is really important. You don't know how it works, right? And this is the key where you are switching from a test that proves that the thing works in a certain way for certain reasons. And a golden master test where you just say, it still works the same way. I don't know how, but it works the same way. That's a really interesting point. Um, so you kind of mentioned that existing tests kind of uh, establish a behavior, so it should behave in a certain way versus Goldman Masters, you know, kind of just describing the behavior as is. Could you kind of elaborate on that a little bit, maybe compare and contrast with some like unit test uh, that's yeah. quite typical? Let's say that uh, we are again in the situation with the, the application that does the evaluation for a mortgage, right? And uh, if we have time, what we should do is sit with you and actually not create a Golden Master test, but write tests that are the unit test, integration tests, that explain the behavior of the domain, right? We should write tests that, for example, say, if, uh, if a person has this kind of arrangement behind them, 
then it results in this other thing moving. And uh, when summed up with this other factor, then it results in a, an outcome that is positive or negative, right? This would be the, the kind of explanation and exploration of the domain that would take time to do, but would offer uh, a much better feedback about the workings of the system, right? We can change a specific aspect of that application at that point. If we don't have time for that, if there's not enough, uh, for example, budget available to do that kind of operation, or maybe there's not the expertise, maybe the, you don't have anyone available that actually knows that stuff anymore, uh, then Golden Master is a safety net. It just says, given this input, I'll get this output and nothing more than that. Uh, it doesn't explain the domain. It doesn't explain the reasoning. It doesn't explain how the application is constructed inside, uh, but it gives you the safety net where you can start to make some changes and uh, and start to make some progress. And that is how it's different. It, like, the step up from Golden Master would be what, um, oh, by the way, here, as usual, the nomenclature is is up to interpretation, okay? So uh, golden master, approval test, characterization test, those terms are used interchangeably. So I'm using the classification. I am uh, sort of the I would use, but it might be different for other people. So golden master we said is the input, output, it's the same or it's not the same with variations. Uh, and nothing more than that. This this step up from that would be a characterization test where you have an application and you sort of um, work a test toward it, right? You you create a test for the application that already exists and you're establishing a character of the application. So it would be a little more about the domain, right? Uh, it's a little... Um, it covers a, a smaller area of the system, maybe in a particular aspect, but you're not writing the test and then writing the application. Instead, you're writing the test and the application is already there. That would be a characterization test and it's a step up and it's a little bit more about the domain. Francesco, would you, um, for example, you start modernization project, would you start from a golden master or from the beginning you would go for more characterization tests which has a bit of that domain I guess, aspect and flavor to it, but obviously it will take a bit longer to assemble. I think it depends on two things mainly, uh, budget and the deterministic nature of the application. I, lo I looked at my, note, my note for this word, deterministic. Um, so those are the two aspects that I think are the, the make or break for a golden master rather than domain approach. Um, if there is budget, and there is time, the uh, payoff for domain testing, unit integration acceptance, is larger than the Golden Master. And then we can discuss about why uh, Golden Master has a lower payoff. So, but, but also a lower cost to begin. So there's a cost reason, here, there's a cost question here and sort of uh, uh, how much time do we have versus how much money we have. You can put it one way or the other. But we can discuss this more in detail. The other aspect is deterministic. Um, if a process is not deterministic, meaning it, it has some randomness inside it, then it will be much harder to do Golden Master. Um, in the example we did before of the, the bank application that evaluates the mortgage, 
we can assume that there is no randomness, right? That decision is completely deterministic. Given this input, we'll always get this output. Like, we'll always be positive or always be negative. You would hope. <laughs> I mean, I hope, that, I hope there is no randomness there. But if you have something that includes randomness, then doing a golden master is, well, it's basically like, impossible. You have to eliminate that randomness, which already is a change to the system. So it might be harder, it might be completely impossible, and that could be uh, something that doesn't put the golden master as an option at all. Another aspect is input and output. So you say, with the same input, I get the same output, and that might be hard to capture, for example, or hard to uh, replicate, or it may take a long, very long time. Just to put some numbers on the map, like if you have a test that takes a second and it has four parameters with four possible values each, uh, that is a five-minute test. That's CI territory. It's no longer on your machine. Is that something you can afford? Maybe yes, maybe not. Uh, with unit test and uh, integration test, you can get a much faster, much faster feedback. But I think this is the, the two main things, deterministic and budget will be the, the deciding points. Yeah, so that's like the first step, right? So the deciding whether to go for them or not, or go for something a bit more comprehensive, I guess. So I guess once you make that decision um, and you start writing those tests, maybe could you bring us closer to the process of writing those tests and how do you determine that there is enough coverage, I guess, of particular piece of system that you would like to refactor later on, uh, that you could, okay, say that that's enough of those golden master tests. I have enough of a, a solid safety net, you know, I can start refactoring something maybe. So if you could bring us a bit closer mm -hmm. to that process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's say that we, we decided that actually golden master is the approach we're going for. And uh, what do we do then? Um, we will take the application. We have to be able to uh, replicate it working, uh, probably in a CI environment, because the times are going to be a little longer than what we usually want to run on personal machines. So we'll have the application running in CI. Uh, the, the key to Golden Master is to test the application with a large array of inputs. There are some libraries that do that uh, kind of job of you set a parameter, you say this is an integer and it's in the range of zero to a hundred and it will test with any possible value. Uh, and you can do what's called a combinatorial test, which will test like all possible permutations of the input. Um, or you can do it by hand. Last time we've done it, we've done it by hand. We've just sort uh, um, multiple arrays with all the possible values and then doing the permutations. Um, you have to identify these inputs. Uh, you will have to probably look at the code. Let's say that you have an HTTP uh, request. You will have to look at the parameter that uh, are put in, look at the source to see what parameters are actually extracted, what type are they, what would be the like, sort of possible ranges or sensible values for each one of them. So you have this collection of all the inputs that you want to test, and then you switch to the output 
part of things. So the output might be something in the database. Uh, like, for example, you, you post something and some records are saved to the database. You will have to extract those values from the database. Uh, or it might be the response itself on the HTTP request. So you do an HTTP request like a GET and some content is shown on the screen. Uh, shown on the on the JSON return or XML or whatever it is. So then it's like, do the request, capture the output. Um, it might not be an HTTP system, in which case I would have to think about it a little bit more, but I think HTTP covers like 90% of the systems out there. Um, so, so you have the inputs, you have the outputs, and then you have like two big options, and it's the what's called a blind with the master or non-blind. The difference is if you can side by side run the application as it is and the application with your changes, then you can do what's called the blind golden master. What you do is you send the same input to your version that is the known good, like the application without any changes, and to the application with your changes, and then compare that the output are the same. If you can do that, that's an option. This is called a blind because you don't have the results saved. Okay, you don't have like the real golden master. The golden master is, is the application without changes. Classic version of the golden master instead is about capturing the output. So you only need the application with your changes. You send the input and then compare the output to a set of saved outputs, the golden master uh, that you produced in previously. So in the first phase, you would run those input through the application that is without changes, the non-good, capture those outputs, store them as files or database records or whatever form makes sense, and then use those as the assertion. Like you have to say, my application with the changes for this input produces the same result as the one I saved before. Hence, hence, hence the name Golden Master, right? I guess, right? Yeah, that would be the Golden Master itself. Yeah. Right? You, can, you can call those the Golden Master. It's similar to in React, uh, Jest, the Jest testing library, what's called the snapshot test, where you run the test and the first time it creates a file, and then that file you commit in Git, and when it runs the next time, it just checks that it is the same value. It's still producing the same output. So there is these two variants, the, depending on if you can run the application side by side with and without changes, maybe with a feature flag, maybe it's two instances of the application, or if you want a single instance of the application with your changes, you have to store the test results. So then you were talking about coverage, if I'm not wrong, right? Yeah, I'm interested in like uh, how much yeah, coverage how much is enough coverage to get going. So what I've done the last time, which works really well, with our customer is start from just one single request. Uh, so I identified all of the parameters that were necessary and I took a single combination and no more than that. Run it locally on my machine. I was using um, Jacoco to capture the coverage. And then I just looked at what was covered and what was not. Uh, I knew the area of the application that uh, we intended to target with our changes. So I just needed to make sure that that area was covered. So then I look at branches that were not covered. And uh, Jacoco does also um, the um, sort of the, multi the multiple reasons for entering a branch. So I was looking at like, why did it not enter and what condition are we not checking? 
So then I just added conditions until I was satisfied that all of the branches that all of the area that we needed to change, all of the branches existing there were actually covered. And um, basically this was a GET request from the database. I had the test database already available. So I just like, took one record and then add another one and then add another one. And actually they realized that the second did not add anything and like looks for something different. And at the end, I built a set that was satisfying. Uh, there were a few records in the database, a few that, that could be retrieved, uh, a few parameters on how to retrieve it in the GET request. Then I looked at the coverage and it was good enough. And uh, it was a few hours of testing because it's a big system. <laughs> but then uh, I had that, uh, uh, I had that ready. So a question, I guess, from my side. Uh, so a lot of what you're covering here is very technical. And we spoke previously, you know, today and, and in previous conversations around the importance of confidence. How do you take such a kind of technical principle and in an organization that's, you know, potentially struggled with, with this application and looking to modernize it presumably because it's essentially fragile, you know, it's, it's producing a lot of issues. How do you instill confidence in the uh, principle of golden master testing with an organization that is um, potentially got low confidence in, in the application itself? Well, the, the confidence is not in the application, it's the changes that we are going to make that we can safely change this application. Uh, so we have a change in mind that we want to do and that the, the customer values, like uh, we want to add this functionality and what we ensure we call the master is we now have this change and the rest of the application behaves exactly the same. And you can show that by showing the output of CI, uh, by showing all of the permutation that you tested. Uh, and in all of those cases, the output was the same. Um, so it gives you artifact to prove that you are, you're going ahead with safety in mind. And do you think there's any other ways maybe to approach it where maybe you're working with quite non-technical stakeholders? So obviously artifacts work well with maybe an architecture team or individuals that can understand what they're seeing. What about when you're working with maybe non-technical POs? I don't think it's like a, a, a complex, too, too much of a complex idea to, to understand. So I think even non-technical people can see that that is an interaction that a user could have. Uh, and the fact that the, the the proof itself is it works the same way should be something that a non-technical person should be able to grasp on. What do you think, matter actually? So I think the, um, the point is to be very transparent with your stakeholders. And I guess that's where Enemy and that's like Abdul, like less technical people, let's say. So like showing them, um, I guess those stats, Francesco, will be interesting, right? So that always the golden masters... Um, um, Let's say the same. So you, so you record the first golden master and they stay the same and you gradually try to... Well, that's another subject, right? So should we actually go for uh, another subject of the strangler pattern, which I guess is, instead of refactoring in line, you refactor on the side, which brings another safety net, I guess. So right, still that legacy code stays as it is, I guess, right? And you're trying to refactor, modernize on the side. Um, which I guess is an additional safety net, I guess, also for the stakeholders to be aware that, uh, you know, as the refactoring happens, like the, still the old legacy code and functionality stays the same, 
-hmm. until there is enough of refactoring so that the replacement can happen. Um, so maybe this way of refactoring with the usage of Golden Master tests brings the most um, um, like safety and reassurance to your stakeholders, possibly, Francesco? Yeah, like the ability to switch between new and old implementation at will, uh, even after going to production, that is a, a nice safety net to, to have uh, that I think stakeholder value. Um, and it goes it goes well with the blind master, blind golden master methodology uh, because by having a feature flag that just switches the new and old code, uh, you can um, you can easily do that testing, revision the application, run the request with and without the feature flag, and compare the outputs. So they go and did that well, and um, yeah, I think reassurance comes from transparency actually in this case, um, being transparent with the stakeholder showing what the application is doing uh, and now that reflects what the user experience would be. Like if, you, if you fill this form with this data, the application will answer the same way. And here we're just testing uh, hundreds or thousands of those combinations. Very much in line with that kind of demo activity. So you're demoing what you've done for the last iteration and you have to kind of demonstrate not just uh, the changes you've made, but how those changes have been validated, how the tests have functioned uh, within that context, essentially. So it's a more expansive than just kind of showing a new feature. It's actually uh, the opposite. It's showing that nothing has changed, right? Actually, it's proven that nothing has changed, right? So it's complete opposite where you have a Greenfield project. Okay, what new feature can you show me? It's actually, can you show me that nothing has changed, right? So that's an interesting dynamic, like which is the reality in general in modernization projects. I think on this topic of uh, communication with the stakeholder, it's useful to co to contrast what you can do with Golden Master that you cannot do with uh, the domain testing, like the unit test and integration test. I think it's much, unless you're doing something like BDD, uh, behavior driven development, like doing Cucumber, uh, which are specifically targeted at the conversation with non-technical people, I think it's much easier for a stakeholder, a non-technical person, to understand the concept of golden master rather than unit test. A golden master has a practical input and output. Like These are the inputs to the application. These are the value in the form that you're posting. This is the output from the application, yay or nay, or something, right? A unit test is much harder to understand. Like, imagine uh, discussing with a non-technical person uh, why mocking <laughs> still validates that the object is behaving correctly, right? Uh, much harder to grasp. So I think in terms of conversation with the stakeholder, the easiest might be if you're doing BDD, showing the cucumbers that you've written together, uh, dangle the master, this is the input, this is the output, and it's still working the same. And then last, you had like the unit testing or integration testing. That would be the hardest conversation to have to prove that the application is still working. And I guess maybe depending a little bit on our experiences, um, to me, you kind of ask that question, like why as a stakeholder would I want to move away from golden master testing? And how could we potentially encourage that activity to move away from this safety net that we've now built for them that you know maybe is quite reassuring now? That is an excellent question. Excellent. Um, two problems. It's slow and it's not very informative. 
And sometimes it's a bit, a bit of a clutch. Uh, let's start from the clutch. So imagine that we are doing a golden master for something that is saved to the database. Uh, the two outputs will not exactly be the same because for example, the ID stored in the database is gonna change, right? It's a bit of randomness in the form of the primary key generated by the database. So when we do the comparison, we have to say compare, but not this field, which is the ID, we know it's different. And also not the date, because it would not be exactly the same time that the thing happens. So also ignore the time of this thing. So it's a it's a test that has like all sorts of like little details about it and they need to be maintained. Um, so it's a bit of a clutch. And it's not like elegant sometimes. Um, it's not very informative. When it breaks, when you when you're dealing with a, a red build in your golden master, it's often hard to understand what happened. Like maybe you have 300 lines of JSON and it's saying these two are different. If you have not put a good assertion library in place to tell you how they're different. You're now dealing with JSON diff and finding out how it's different. Then you know, well, okay, this field is absent or this field has a different value. And you have no idea of why. It doesn't tell you this part of the application has a problem. This particular class has some changes that are unexpected. It just say, well, the application produced a different output. Go figure out why. So dealing with red, you don't have much information to to, to start from, to look into what happened. Um, last part, it's slow. As I was saying before, if you're doing combinatorial testing, the number of tests increases dramatically fast. Uh, as I was saying, four, four parameters with four value each is 256 different tests to run. One second each, that's five minutes. And it goes on, like <laughs> if you add uh, another parameter, it doubles, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like it, it gets to not very low, very high number with very long runtime very easily. Um, so it's a slow feedback cycle. Maybe it's something that you can run only nightly. Uh, almost certainly you cannot afford to run it on your machine. Uh, it would just take too long. So it's not a substitute for a testing pyramid. You want to move away from it? I think at some point, yes. At some point, you you mature uh, to not needing it anymore. Like the, the hopefully you put in place a testing pyramid because remember you you put the golden master in place so that you can do changes. Some of the changes will be adding feature, but hopefully some of the changes are adding a testing pyramid. So at that point, you will have a layer of unit test, integration test, acceptance test. Maybe you're doing some BDD and Cucumber test. And, and in the long run, that should reduce and then eliminate the need to keep Golden Masters around. Um, maybe because you're also starting to change some of the core functionality. Now imagine that we've gone for the, uh, we capture the output uh, the methodology. So we run the application without changes. We captured all the outputs, and then we start running on the master. We start doing like adding new feature, okay, and then we start maybe fixing a bug, like maybe there's there's a known bug in the system 
and we fix it, now that field, that part of the output is different. So we add to the clutch of ignore this field, right? And we have to keep doing that. And at some point, like what we we grew, like uh, we grew out of that, we grew away from the golden master, and doing away with it is the right thing. If we go for the other approach, the the blind, where you're running the old and the new, uh, it means that you're keeping the old code around, and at some point you might want to get rid of it because it's old. It's a legacy one. Like the new one is is working in production, it's producing value. And there's no reason to keep the old one around anymore. Just just go away with that. So you might um, say that golden masters are there to be scraped eventually in the end. right? So they are there for a very specific purpose. And once a piece of functionality has been factored and still all the golden masters are passing, um, we should strive to scrape them. Because did you have a situation where Actually, the stakeholder or some senior engineers, they wanted to keep them because, you know, there's there was no tests to begin with. Now that you have all this testing suite, maybe they were taking advantage of it. But do you have a situation where they wanted to keep it, which is usually it's not a good idea, right? Um, as you mentioned, it should be a proper pyramid replacing the golden masters. Yes, and it's not just a, a, bad, a bad idea to keep them around. I think it's a sign of distrust within the organization. Like why the judgment of the developer that are saying, we don't need this golden master anymore is not uh, considered. Why instead the the safety afforded by this golden master overrules the trust of the developer. So there might be something uh, social to explore in that case. And then as always, like we're talking about companies, groups of people, and the human aspect as a weight. So do you see, like, uh, if they are kept, actually, right? So do you see any threat in them being kept, for example, right? Uh, I guess you explore that a bit, but explicitly that, uh, yeah, you know... It's a burden, right? Um, every Everything that you have in the system has a cost to it. Um, time, money, maintenance, uh, inability to change, friction... All the parts of the system have a cost, and they have to be worth it. So if we have something, or if, if we do something, or the system is made of a part, and that part is not making its value, like making its worth, it should go. So it's just a burden. It's a burden once it's done its course and made its value. At some point, we can do away with it. Exactly. I guess it's still gives you some like test results and stakeholder might say, yeah, I still get these, but the maintainability of that, and if something goes wrong, understanding what went wrong, like you mentioned, this is where the burden lies. So maintaining them after the refactoring. Yeah, like every, maybe like every new feature that you implement that uh, you need to add some time to, to change the golden master. And it might not be fun at all. Like imagine having a 2000 JSON files and then having to change them all so that they account for the new value. Like, how do you do that, right? It's not easy. <laughs> and also, if you, um, you know, um, if the developer obviously needs to do the, you know, the, the implementation plus all the testing. So 
he, she would need to keep in mind that also Golden Masters are there to be still red after his, her changes. And understanding that would be like another doubling the work, really, even sometimes, right? So, yeah, this is where the burden lies. What about, um, I'm quite interested, um, you mentioned, uh, uh, you know, going back to maybe intricacies of, of creating the Golden Masters. Um, because if there is a query that's an obvious, like uh, you send a request, you get a response, and that's it, right? But yep. what if you have a command uh, instead of a query to save something, to update something, and the only response you get is zero one, right? And you would like to get a bit more substance, actually, what happens? Yeah, we, we had a situation like that uh, where we were uh, doing the Golden Master for an, a command that saves something to the database uh, and just has successful failure and nothing else on the HTTP side. Um, so in that case, it, there was an obvious main record that was saved, like the equivalent of like your order. You made an order, I can find the order in the database. Then uh, that's a starting point. You start from saying the, the main record that I'm trying to save, I extract it from the database and it is the same. Then it takes a bit of exploration of the source code to find all of the ancillary records that are saved. Uh, it might be logs, it might be joint queries, joint tables, uh, it might be other records of for other things that are related to that order, um, or might be interaction with other systems, which we have not explored yet, but that could also be the case. Maybe it sends a message of some sort on a queue. So it takes some exploration of the code to see what else is going on. Because remember, we're talking about legacy system. It does not have any test, which is its definition, basically. But also the, the knowledge about how the application works might be lost in the organization. Like maybe people are no longer aware of what a certain procedure does to the database. Like what record does it save? They know the main one, they know the, like, the key aspects, uh, but what else is going on? So at that point is exploration of the system, sort of looking at all the corners to find out what else it is doing, what other records are saved, what other messages are sent, and finding all of those and extracting that from the database into the Golden Master to do the comparison to ensure that the system behaves the same. Exactly. So also what I'm uh, getting to basically with, with command, especially you need to do a bit of more analysis than just for a response because that's the response and that's what you'll be comparing to. So what do you think is the importance of, um, like for example, QA that are testing usually this, this piece of software or the engineers as well that hopefully you have still some engineers that are working on that and have some knowledge uh, or you would just explore that on your own as a modernization team and wouldn't bother anyone to... Uh, give you a bit of uh, information. Well, it's a it's a fairly technical test. Um, you can look at the source and uh, and see if it enters in entering all the branches or not. Uh, if you have QA available, QA can be a very valuable uh, source of information. Uh, you can do the kind of testing that they do, for example, and start from that. Um, maybe they have some special cases already in mind, like something that maybe like 
you have uh, something that you might not have access to is their testing database. Uh, and that testing database might contain uh, interesting combination of data that over time they know cause problem or uh, have particular behavior that they want to maintain. Um, so, and that might not be part of your development database. So talking with QA, seeing the kind of manual or automated testing that they do and what do they use, that could be very valuable because it can give you the insight of what to put as the input into the Golden Master. If you don't have access to that, that's unfortunate. Uh, have a good read of the code at that point. Uh, technical, um, yeah, engineers that worked on the system can definitely tell you, for example, what tables to look into, like what is likely to be outcomes of that command, uh, other system that this system is connected to, or other uh, system that it queries or gets information from that you might have to mock. Right, so it's... Uh... Uh, in general, it's better to have that aids like uh, beside you, but it is possible that modernization team will figure it out by themselves. It will just take more time, right? Obviously. Yeah, it will take longer. It will take a lot more exploration. At that point, it depends on uh, uh, the situation of the code. How much, how much time does it take? Uh, you can definitely do it. Right? It's, it's, um, it's a system that is running on a machine. You can get to the bottom of it. It might just take a long time. That's quite interesting. So in many ways, like the, the golden masters kind of have value in writing them because it allows you also to kind of get to grasp, grasps with the application itself, right? So even as a activity in discovery, it seems to have value in, in familiarizing yourself with the application potentially. Yeah, and uh, but, but do remember that uh, even if you explore the domain with unit test and integration test and BDD, you're gonna explore how the application behaves. And in addition to that, you will also find out how the business interacts with the application, which is more interesting than the, than the technical side. Brilliant. Okay. So I think we're about ready to wrap up. So do we have any kind of final thoughts? Yeah. So uh, I guess just to summarize, it's, uh, it's a very powerful tool, but you have to be a bit cautious about it uh, in terms of how you use it and that makes sure that it's, it's like inter intermediate um, uh, it brings like uh, intermediate value in the end. It's there to, s to serve a purpose, but you should be thinking about the proper testing pyramid as you're refactoring your code with the safety net of those golden masters. But eventually, once you refactor your code and hopefully you have all your unit tests, integrations tests, end to end tests, and acceptance tests, uh, which are far more um, easily maintainable and readable and adequate. Uh, for further usage, uh, so that at that point you decommission them. I think that that's kind of my point. My takeaway is the well, one of the aspects that maybe we have not covered that, that, that much, but I think it's important. The the payoff, like the immediate payoff of Golden Master, can be spectacular. Like imagine a system that nobody is uh, willing to touch anymore. Everyone is afraid of making changes to and you arriving, putting the safety net in place and then being able to do changes safely. That can be impressive and then can create a relationship with a stakeholder that is long lasting. So it's a, it can be a great starting point. 
my takeaways are very much along similar lines. I think it has a very kind of very good specific role around where you don't understand an application, you'll need to do a bit of black box testing, which has got a decent feedback rate. Um, and it's, it sounds like there's a, it sounds like it has a limitation though, so far as long-term understanding how the business actually works with the application rather than how the system behaves and, and similar to previous conversations we've had, um, which is, kind of affects its longevity along with its fragility. So very much a tool for a, a very specific job, but a very powerful tool at that job. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much, Francesco Maci. Um, it's It's been a fantastic conversation. Um, and for all our viewers out there, if you have any kind of feedback, uh, please feel free to, to reach out to us on Twitter uh, or any of the other platforms we're on or on YouTube. And uh, if you do have any ideas about any kind of future episodes or anything you'd like to hear from us, uh, again, please let us know. Uh, we're always, uh, always looking forward to feedback uh, from our viewers. And until next time, uh, thank you very much and uh, take care. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Bye.